Good morning. Honks, there we go, one, there we go, all right, there we go. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you all here today for our drive-in service. Um, a couple of quick announcements. Next Sunday, we're going to do something that you probably haven't done since at least March. We're going to have communion. And how we're going to do that is BYOJ, bring your own Jesus. So what I need you to do Next week, if you can, is bring some kind of bread, like a small dinner roll, a slice of bread, whatever works best for you, and a little bit of juice. And then I will bless everything from up here, and we will all take communion together. And it's going to be really cool, and it's going to feel so good because it's been so long since we've gotten to do this. So um, try to remember, tell your friends. Um, if there's someone who isn't here this week and you think, oh, we should tell them, go and tell them when you see them or talk to them. So... Um, we also have an announcement, uh, from Lisa, so I'll let you. Is it on? Yeah, you're on. Okay. Um, I am just representing the finance team today. We have some just absolutely wonderful news that we'd like to share with you. I mean, it's really more than wonderful. It's totally awesome news for you today. Um, this church has struggled for a number of years, as most of you know. We also know that God works in his own time and in his own way. This church has so much to be thankful for. The results stem from many years of very hard decisions that had to be made, from everyone here working so very hard to keep the fundraisers going, from those who work hard to keep up the maintenance of the building inside and out, for those who are able to give the funds that we need to keep us going, for those who give of their time and talents, and for those who quietly and humbly donate supplies of varying nature, this team deserves a round of applause. As Pastor Michael talked about last week, I think it was teamwork. Um, we have certainly accomplished a great deal with this team, and that is every one of you. So we are happy to let you know that our bills are paid about two weeks ahead of schedule right now. And that, that also includes our August 5th mortgage payment is already covered. Isn't that fantastic? So last week we had a little uh, problem. Uh, our office computer decided that it had had enough. So we had to go out and purchase a new office computer. That, too, is paid for. And the best news that I can give you is that right now we have over $11,000 in our savings account. Yeah! Isn't that awesome? Yes. <laughs> so let us give thanks to our almighty God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today to give thanks for the graciousness in helping our church survive. We pray that the work we will continue to do here at Clinton United Methodist Church will bring honor and glory to your name. Amen. Amen.
Awesome. Do we have other announcements? Yes, I have an announcement uh, from Linda. Since the rummage sale is coming up soon and we do not have any other events coming up in the gymnasium at this time, we're going to, anybody that brings in anything from here on out, we can bring them into the building and bring them into the gymnasium. And then next Sunday after church, we ask if uh, we have a few people that can help us out. Jim will bring a trailer and we will get all of the rummage sale items out of the garage and haul them over to the gym and load them okay. into the gym. So if anybody's available next Sunday after church to help out with that, would be greatly appreciated. And then also a second announcement, uh, if anybody does not have air conditioning in their car and they're getting a little warm, please feel free to come inside the building. We have the audio running in the narthex and also in the sanctuary. So that way nobody has to be you know, warm or overly warm in their car if you do not have air conditioning. So please feel free to come inside the building if you need so. Thank you. And for those of you that want, we I found a whole box of these hand fans. So if you want a hand fan, put your hand out the window. I'll bring you a hand fan. Okay. Anything else? Once, twice, sold. Cool. All right. Take it away. Would you please join me this morning for our call to worship? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love, the love of, God. of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be, be with, with us, us all. all. And this morning, uh, we have a special person to start us off on our hymns. Pastor Michael's going to be singing. So would you please join us uh, with our first hymn, I Love to Tell the Story. Number one, five, six. Will be my fame and glory 
I might have it more wonderfully sweet. I love to tell the story, for some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own holy word. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme and glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story for those who know it best, seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like a rest. And that I have loved so long. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme and glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. If you would please join me now in our opening prayer. Holiness, word, power. You reveal yourself as one God in three persons, a mighty, creative, life-generating dancer who invites your creation to join you. Catch us up in your love and lead us into your world to call others to follow you with singing and rejoicing. Amen. Amen. Will you please join me for the first scripture reading, Mark 16, verses 14 through 18 of the NRSV. Jesus commissions the disciples. Later, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were sitting at the table, and he upbraided them for their lack of faith and stubbornness because they had not believed those who saw him him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. The one who believes and is baptized will be saved, but the one who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. By using my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. The Gospel of the Lord. And you say, Praise, Praise to, to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. If you would please join with me in reciting our affirmation of faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. 
On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Jesus sends his disciples into the world to bless all by his grace. With God's love in the Holy Spirit, let us make this our offering to God. Want the red box or the white box? I never know what's going on. I just not.
for all that you have given us. We thank you, gracious God, for day and night, evening and morning, for land and sea, for fish and birds, plants and animals, for humankind and for your Son, who came among us with the gift of abundant life. Let your Holy Spirit abide in our midst and work through our gifts, that all people may have joy and peace in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite you now to a time of silent prayer. If you would please join me in a continued attitude of prayer. Holy God, we come before you this day a thankful people for the many blessings you bestow upon us in our lives. We are thankful for birthdays and anniversaries, for the many things that we can celebrate even if we are not able to do so with a large group of our loved ones and friends at this time. We are still thankful for that opportunity to celebrate. But God, there are still many things that weigh heavily upon our hearts and minds. <clears throat> we pray for all of those who are affected in whatever ways by this pandemic, whether their health, their financial status, their jobs, whatever is affecting them, God, we lift them to you. And we also lift all of those who are struggling, whether physically, emotionally, or mentally right now, just because we are in a pandemic and Certain things have been put on hold. Things like cancer and other illnesses are not just waiting around for the pandemic to end. There are still many who are battling these diseases, working through injury and illness. God, we ask that you would please watch over them and continue to guide the hands and the efforts of all of the doctors, the nurses, the surgeons, the research scientists, the lab technicians, everyone involved in the healthcare and healing process. We give you thanks for their efforts and their sacrifices and ask that you continue to watch over them. We also lift up all of those who work to keep us safe in our world. We lift up those who serve in our military, those who serve as firefighters and police officers, first responders, and so many others who work so diligently to help protect us. We ask that you would please keep them safe and strong, and for those who are far away, that you might bring them home soon, that we might see an end to conflict in our world. Guide them in all that they do. Give them the strength and the knowledge to do their jobs well, that at the end of the day, they may return home looking back, feeling proud, feeling honor in all that they have accomplished. God, we also lift up our conference of the United Methodist Church in Michigan as Monday we will have, or well, starting tonight, going through Monday and Tuesday, we have our annual conference. And we're doing it virtually, and that is something that is very new to us. And we know that even though we will not physically all be in the same space, that your Holy Spirit will be with us all wherever we are. Guide us in our discussions and the things that work we must do Help us to show love and grace towards one another and help us to remember that we will get to do this in, 
person again in the future. Help us go about our work diligently, honorably, and loving one another. All of these things, as well as those that we keep quietly upon our own hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our second scripture reading today is Acts 8, verses 26 through 40 in the NRSV. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. The Gospel of the Lord, and you say, 
praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now it's time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite our youth to come hang out up front on a blanket or a spot, staying our appropriate six feet apart. Um, and remind you all that you are all children of God, so technically any of you can come forward for this. But if you want a sucker at the end, you do have to come forward. Does somebody have the suckers? <laughs> now that I've opened my mouth and promised it. <laughs> Oh, you are amazing. Thank you. Never. Oh, yeah. Well, that happened at my first appointment. The first Sunday, no one told me there was a basket of candy, and so I finished the message, and the kids were all staring at me like, and? And then finally someone's like, there's a basket of candy. I'm like, oh. It's like, those are things you got to warn the pastor about. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. What? Is D there? Oh, okay. We had to have their glasses on. I see. All right, we got everybody? Yes. There's a lot of you today. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you, can you sit down? Can you sit down over here then? Sit down right here. Okay. So, you guys may have, I brought some stuff to show you today. Um, I know your parents know this. I don't know if you guys do or not, but... I really like coffee, okay? Coffee, when someone says there's coffee, that's good news for me. Because um, if I don't drink enough coffee, I fall asleep. Um, what's something that's good news for you guys? Oh, here, wait a minute. Olivia, can I ask you to help me? Thank you. So what's some good news for you guys? What's something that you think is good news? What? Say again. Is it poop? No, no, it's not. Thanks. Yeah, that was a microphone. Uh, I don't know. I can't decide. I don't know. What about? <laughs> what about anybody over there? What would be good news? Would your parents saying, "Hey, we're going to Disney World"? Would that be good news? When it's time for dinner. Say it again. When it's time for dinner. When it's time for dinner. That's great news. All right. Or you could also say, like, you have a snow day from school. That would be good news. We got another hand over there. What are you doing? Just you, later. Then we Sit can down. play on our new tablets. Okay. Do we have anything else that's good news? 
All right. So this is my coffee pot. Oh, you got another one? When, when you're on vacation from school. I agree. That is very good news. All right, I have another friend to show you. Do you guys know who this is? Who is this? That Yeah, what's another name? There we go, it's Jesus. Jesus is our friend, and Jesus did something that is awesome. Jesus took away all the sin in the world. That's pretty good news, isn't it? And Jesus loves us, and God loves us. That's really good news, too. And the thing is, Jesus lived a long time ago, and not everybody knows about Jesus. So, about 200-plus years ago, my other friend was around. Now, do you guys know who this is? I know. No, but you're, you're in the right time period. I know. Who is it? Any other guesses? <laughs> no, he can't dance and sing. I'm sorry. This is John Wesley. John Wesley started the Methodist movement, and we're United Methodists, so this is the guy who started all the fun stuff we do. And part of what he did is he rode a horse, and he'd go all over the place, and he would share the good news about Jesus. And so... That's something that we're supposed to do, too. Now, we don't have to ride a horse, although if you have one and you want to, that's fun, but we're called to go and share the good news with the whole world. What's a way we could do that? How could we tell other people about Jesus? What's a way we could share that news with people? Yeah. Uh, you try to get the baby to bed, I mean to sleep, to bed and to sleep. Okay. Okay, what about back there? You can send a lot of letters to people. Yeah? What about being nice to people? Could that be a way we could share the good news? By showing people that we're nice like Jesus and we're loving and caring? Give them hugs, that's right. So what do you got? Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? Sure. After lunch. Okay. <laughs> do you have one too? I forgot actually. Okay. So those are all really good ways that we can help spread the good news about Jesus by loving people and being good to people. You guys think you can do that? Who can do that? Raise your hand. I did. I did it first. All right. Can you guys fold your hands real quick, and we're going to have to do a quick prayer? All right. I want you to repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for Jesus and his love and all that he does for me and all the world. Help me to share that with everyone 
that I meet. Amen. Awesome job, guys. You did awesome. And because you're so awesome, I have a basket of things that I know you are looking forward to. Everybody gets one sucker. I want one. One. I want color red. Okay. I want red. No, I still haven't seen any of those. <laughs> All right, you guys go back to your cars. Thank you. I have a sucker, too. You weren't sitting out here. Did you see that? Did you see that? He just stole the sucker. I'm a child of God, too. But you weren't sitting out here. All right, we will continue with hymn number 369, Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance.
Our last scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20 from the NRSV. The commissioning of the disciples. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountains which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the Gospel of the Lord. If you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. O oh God, the good news of your love for all the world and the saving acts of your Son, Jesus Christ, should be made known to everyone everywhere in loving and grace-filled ways. Help us to share it and live it in all that we do, wherever we go and with everyone we meet. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, we're now at the final sermon in this series of introducing myself to you. I have told you about my imperfect nature and the importance of forgiveness. I have shared with you my love for rocks like geodes and semi-precious stones and how God and Jesus are our rock and our foundation. And last week I talked to you about teamwork and how much more good work the church, meaning the global church, could do if it worked together more. So on this last Sunday of this sermon series, I am ending with something that is especially close to my heart and my calling in my work in God's ministry. Today we are going to talk about the E word. That's right, we're going to talk about evangelism. And I do that because a lot of times when people hear the word evangelism, they panic. It's a very scary thing. And I know that that word has not always been the most shining example of God's love throughout time. We only need to look at the devastation of the Crusades to see some of that evidence. Thousands of lives were lost and many other atrocities were committed in the name of God. Evangelism has been used as a form of manipulation in many countries where missionaries promised food or medicine if people would only give up their current ways of life and commit to living the so-called Christian life. And not just with adults, but with children as well. Coercion and manipulation are not reflective of God's love, and yet humanity has used them in God's name time and time again. And as I said, evangelism can be a very scary word for people who are asked to do it or are trying to begin doing it. A lot of times when we think of evangelism, we tend to think of someone knocking on the door of a stranger's home or maybe someone stranding on a street corner with a megaphone condemning all those who pass by. It can also be scary because when we share our faith, 
we are sharing a core part of ourselves. And when someone rejects what we are sharing, our faith, we feel as though we too are being rejected. But we'll come back to the E word in a few minutes. Right now, I want you to think about the last time that you received some good news. Now, maybe it was a medical diagnosis that you were healed from an illness. Maybe it was a phone call about, uh, from a loved one that you haven't seen in a while or heard from in a while. And they were telling you they wanted to come visit, although I know right now that probably isn't as likely given COVID. Maybe you picked up the sports section of the newspaper and saw that the Tigers had won another game and increased their lead in the standings. And if that is your most recent good news, I apologize because it's probably been a while since that was the reality that we found ourselves in. Maybe you found out you were getting a raise at work. Maybe your child came home during the school year with a higher test score than you were expecting in a subject that they had struggled in. These are all things that I think we would count as good news. Good news is information that makes us smile, makes us happy, and it brings us a feeling of joy. So when we look at one of the most well-known scripture readings from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, isn't this declaration of salvation and forgiveness also good news? God loved the world so much that he sent his only son into the world to die for the sins of the world that the world might be saved for all eternity. That sounds like good news, right? Can I get a honk? Well, I hate to disappoint you, but no. This is not good news. Good news makes us smile. It's something we share intentionally with people we know and love. So no, these words of the Gospel of John are not, in fact, good news. And right about now, you're probably all thinking, I've completely lost my mind and I'm speaking blasphemy. How could I possibly say that? These are the most quoted and published scripture verses in the entire Bible. How can I be saying that it's not good news? They tell G about Jesus dying to save us. How can this not be the good news? Well, before anyone goes to running off to call our district superintendent or our bishop, allow me a few minutes to explain myself. As I said, good news is something that makes us smile and that we intentionally share with people that we know and love. The message of love and salvation in these verses just doesn't fit that profile. And I say that because I would classify the immortal words for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone believed in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, not as good news, but as the greatest news. Think about that. What could possibly be better than that news? God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die for our sins and wipe the slate clean. God loves us so much that he was willing to sacrifice his son, part of the triune God, so that we would not suffer for our sins and be apart from him. God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to the world not to condemn it, but to save it. Folks, it doesn't get any better than that. God could have easily at any time left us to our own devices and let us fall into a tailspin of suffering and death. But God didn't do that because God loves us. 
I'll be honest, I have tried for a large portion of my life to come up with what I think is a fair comparison of God's love for us. And there really just isn't one that completely fits it for me. God has been compared to a father or a mother or someone else caring for children. And I admit that I think that's pretty close. But it still doesn't fully explain just how powerful God's love is and how deep it really goes. This is the greatest news ever. It is not the good news or the okay news or the pretty neat news. This is the greatest news, period, the end. It can't get better than this. It will never get better than this because God already sent Jesus to die and resurrect to save us. The battle's over. God won. End of story. Well, well sort of end of story. Yes, God's victory is already completed and secure. But sharing and spreading the God's love, that's a never-ending work that we have been called to do. We find Jesus telling the disciples to do just that in Matthew's gospel reading for today. And we see it acted out in the story from our reading from the book of Acts about Philip and the eunuch. Remember when I said that good news is something you intentionally share with people you know and love? While that is also true of the greatest news, there's more to it. When it comes to the greatest news of God's love and Jesus' saving acts, we do not only share it intentionally with those that we know and love. See, God's love is so strong, so powerful, that whether we realize it or not, we are sharing it every second of every day. When we live out our faith authentically, God's love shines through us by what we say, by what we do, everything in our lives. But what does that mean, living out our faith authentically? Well, for me, I understand it to mean being open and honest about myself and my relationship with God. Being open and honest about myself, or open and honest with myself and with God. Think about that for a moment. If we genuinely believe in an all-powerful God, then God already knows everything about us anyways, right? We can't hide anything from God. But when we pair that with being honest with ourselves about our faith and our relationship with God, where it's strong, where it has room to grow, that is when we begin to find authenticity. Friends, we are each a living witness to God's love by everything that we do in our lives. We are. When we live out our faith authentically, it is reflected in our very lives. People will see you and notice something special in your life. They may not fully understand what they're seeing, but they will see something when they are with you and when they observe you. There is a holy attraction and a peace that people will experience as you live out your faith authentically in your life. So is that it? We just need to live out our faith authentically and the rest take care of itself? Again, not quite. Well, I believe very strongly that evangelism is not just the act of proclamation. We should also not be inactive either. Let me be very clear. I am not saying we should sit quietly until we experience some great revelation 
or we hear some voice off in the distance outlining what we should do. Not at all. Rather, I think we should engage with people and trust that the Holy Spirit will be with us in those moments and will guide our words even when we feel unsure or scared. American theologian Leonard Sweet wrote in his book titled Nudge that the Holy Spirit is like basketball star Michael Jordan during his playing days with the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls coach Phil Jackson at the end of games more often than not would tell the other players to get Michael the ball and get out of his way. And as you know, six titles later it worked. Sweet suggests that when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit, we too need to get out of the way. Now, I'll be honest, this didn't really sit well with me. But as I read on, Sweet continues to say that it's not that we have nothing to do. Rather, he's trying to impress the readers that we shouldn't do anything that would hinder the Holy Spirit in its work. That sounds a lot better to me. So how do we not hinder the Holy Spirit? Well, I think part of it, at the very least, goes back to what I was mentioning about trusting in the Holy Spirit, that we are not alone in our moments of witness. And I know the idea of trusting is very hard for a lot of people, especially trusting in something that we can't exactly directly see or even directly hear. But when we are able to trust, when we, when we do that, we will find the right words. We will be a shining example of God's love to the world. So what now? We've established that the message found in our scripture reading is not simply good news, but the greatest news ever. Awesome. What do we do now? How do we take this and do something with it? How do we go out and share the greatest news ever with the world? How do we bring this ultimate joy to other people without making them maybe angry or feel upset or start an argument depending on where they are in their life and in their faith journey. Well, as I said very early in this message, manipulation, oppression, and coercion, and forcefulness, those don't work. Those are not good techniques to employ. And I've talked about trusting the Holy Spirit and living out our faith authentically. But there is something else we can do. When we read about how Jesus lived his life, how he loved people, we can go and emulate that in our own lives. We can care for one another and really help each other. We can take time to be with people who are lonely or facing difficult times. We can share the blessings that we have received from God with those in need. And I know many of you here today, if not all of you here today, are already doing that kind of stuff. I know that because some of you have shared with me some of the outreach that this church does, some of the outreach that you as individuals do. But even before any of that was shared with me, I already knew. I already knew because the first time I saw each and every one of you, I saw something incredibly special in your life. I could see God's love and I could see the Holy Spirit at work in each and every person. But we can't stop there is still a lot to do. There are so many people who still do not know God's love or they don't know God's love the way that you and I do. 
Maybe it was someone who used to go to church and something happened for them in their life, whether it was in that church or outside of that church, and they have fallen away. The Pew Research Center reported recently that about 75% of Americans identify as Christian. But how many people do you know who identify as Christian, but they really just don't seem to know God's love? How many of them no longer attend church or other small groups, other ways to connect with God and with other people because they've been hurt, because they've been chased out? How many still have an emptiness in their lives that they just can't seem to fill? We need to continue to witness every second of every day by living out our faith authentically and loving each other the way that God and Jesus have loved us. We need to trust that the Holy Spirit is always with us and guiding our hearts and our words. We need to emulate the life of Jesus and to be Jesus for the world through love and through everything we do. And when I think about these things that we need to do, I always, every single time, come back to the same starting point. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but that in order the world might be saved through him. Not the good news, but the greatest news. When you leave here today and go out, I implore you, don't just share the greatest news, but live the greatest news. Amen. If you would join me in our closing song number 568 from the United Methodist Hymnal, Christ for the World We Sing.
Through baptism, you are one with Christ. He will be with you always. Through baptism, you have received the Holy Spirit. She breathes into you new life. Through baptism, you are sealed in the love of God who will keep you forever. The eternal creator calls us. The risen Savior sends us. The dynamic spirit empowers us. Go into all the world making disciples for Jesus Christ, for the transformation of the world. Go in peace. Amen.